You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Brown Mysteries. Adventures in excitement and suspense, based on the best-selling novels by the slick storytelling sensation Carter Brown. moved through a heavy swell at a fast clip. My thoughts moved through a heavy head at a feeble crawl. I looked around me. The cabin was fit for a king, but this king's name was Roger. And why Roger King had been drugged and then dragged on board, I hadn't the faintest idea. All I knew was that first I was working for Polvey, trailing Elise and Crease. Then I was working for Elise, trailing Polvey. And in the course of that, Polvey's secretary, Marcia Oliver, fed me a dope martini and here I was, all set for a cruise to the Caribbean. Ah, decided to come up for a breath of fresh air, Mr. King. That's right, Captain Harris, and it feels very fresh. Yeah, the swell's getting heavier. We look like having some fog. Do you have breakfast? Yes, thanks. You run a first-rate service for Shanghai passengers. We do our best. You don't feel like uh, doing better still and telling me why I'm here and who owns this boat? I'm sorry, I can't oblige you. Well, no harm in trying. Now, Mr. King, I think you'd better go below. I've had my quarter of fresh air, huh? I'd prefer you in your cabin. I'll have one of the crew conduct you. Well, if I'm going to be incarcerated for any long periods, do you mind if I borrow one of your bottles to keep me company? Uh, Not at all. There's a good supply in the saloon. You can stop off and pick up some on your way down. I didn't notice the rest of the day pass, due largely to the bottle, whose contents transferred from it to me made things seem less bewildering. And then it happened. I was flung from the bunk to the floor, the empty bottle still in my hand. I picked myself up and tried the door. It was locked. The engines had stopped. Up above, I heard footsteps running along the deck. And after a while, there was silence, except for a single sinister sound. The plash of running water. Cabin tilted to a crazy angle, and I could see the water creeping in under the door. And I was forced to the comfortless conclusion that I'd been left to my fate. And then I was proved wrong. Well, hi there, sailor. How's the hornpipe? You're drunk. That's right, Captain. Perhaps it's just as well. We hit a reef, Mr. King. Got too close inshore in this fog. Well, never mind. There are plenty of yachts. It's bad luck for you, though. 
If this hadn't happened, you could have enjoyed a ten days cruise. And then we'd have dumped you someplace. And that would have been it. But as things are now, I'm afraid I'll have to kill you. Why, you bold, bad boy. You, you see, we can't take any risk of you being around on the 18th. That was the whole reason for getting you aboard. To keep you out of the way till after the 18th. Now, well, I'm sorry, King. I'll have to give it to you. What, another bottle? No, a bullet. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. There's already about a foot of water in here. I'm going to shoot you, and you'll go down with a yacht. Hey, I think you're really serious. Perfectly serious. Goodbye, King. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll bet you never figured I was such a good shot on an empty bottle. The bottle I had thrown in desperation had struck Harris just above the temple. If I'd been stone-cold sober, I don't think I'd ever have done it. I left him lying there in the water which was rapidly rising in the cabin and made my way to the deck. I looked at the reef on which the yacht had struck, then at the waves now pounding hungrily against the sides of the vessel. Suddenly it lurched under my feet. That told me as plainly as words that it was my time to get off. The reef below didn't look inviting, but it looked safer than the yacht. I swung out over the guardrail and let myself drop. I landed on the rock on all fours. And as I picked myself up and stumbled away from the yacht, there was a harsh, rending sound. I turned to see the yacht slowly turn sideways and disappear. Then I headed towards the end of the reef. I remember staggering across the slippery rock surface. And then the sudden shock of the ice-cold water. And nothing more. Take it easy now. Come on, come on, drink some more. <coughs> Not so fast now. Gently, does yeah, it? Wh what's this? A bed? Blankets? Where am I? In bed in my cottage, Mr. King. Come on, have a little more of this brandy. <coughs> hey, how'd I get here? I found you on the beach. You must have made it to the end of the reef and swum the rest of the way. Don't remember. Only remember the water. I saw the yacht strike. Then I came down to the beach later. I saw an upturned dinghy out at sea. And then I found you. What about the others? Don't know. Well, perhaps you'd better not talk anymore, Mr. King. You know my name. Well, when I stripped off your clothes, I took out your wallet. Naturally, I looked through it. But cash, old safe, your license, your money, everything. My name was Wallace, by the way. You, Wallace. Well, Mr. Wallace, I guess I owe my life to you. That seems to entitle you to the whole story. And that's it, Mr. Wallace. Right up to the time I saw the yacht go under. The rest of it, well, you know. It's an incredible story. Now, what are you going to do now? Going back to where I came from. I'm annoyed enough now to want a piece of revenge. And another thing, too. I'm curious about that date Harris mentioned. The 18th. I'd like to find out why I had to be kept away until after that. And what exactly is going to happen on the 18th? What about the wreck? I've been thinking about that. You saw an upturned dinghy. Looks as if the rest of the crew must have drowned. I know Harris is dead, and that leaves me the only survivor. I'd like to keep quiet about the wreck for two reasons. One, because to explain Harris's death would be awkward. And two, because with Polvey and his secretary thinking I'm dead, gives me an advantage. 
But of course, your conscience may insist on reporting the thing, Mr. Wallace. Well, it's up to you. You saved my life, and I won't argue with you on your decision, whatever it may be. I believe your story, Roger. It's too fantastic to be anything but the truth. And I'm only too happy to keep quiet about the wreck. You see, I'm wanted in four states for forgery. Oh, it was good to get home. It was good to roll into my own bed and sleep 18 hours straight. It was close to lunchtime of the next day when I got to my office and found an irate note from my employer, Miss St. Crease. I flicked the telephone dial to the number in her note. Good morning, Elise. Roger King speaking. Oh. I got your note. Her tone of it seemed rather angry. With good reason. Where have you been the last three days? Around. Around is expensive at $200. That is the amount I paid you, remember? I want more than that. You'll get it. I've been busy. I couldn't wait around my office for you to call. This had better be good. Otherwise, I shall ask Johnny to call on you and convince you that it is better to produce results. Johnny? He was driving my car the other night, remember? Johnny bends iron bars before breakfast simply because he has to work off his surplus energy. That ape. If he gets near me, I'm liable to forget I'm trying to be a gentleman and break a chair over his head. Oh, I'll tell him that. It will worry him for weeks. Now, look, leaving your playmate Johnny out of the picture for a while, I'm under something really good. What is it? I can't tell you yet, not until I'm really sure. Mr. King, this begins to sound like stalling to me. Now, just give me two more days. After all, as long as you know before the 18th, it's all right, isn't it? Very well. I'm prepared to give you two more days. But if I don't hear from you by then, you will really be in trouble. That I can guarantee, Mr. King. Hmm. So, the 18th means something to you too, baby. The question is, what? And I figure there's only one person who can tell me that. learn all kinds of handy hints in the private eye profession. One of them is how to use a knife blade to open a window. I thought I had a good half hour before Marcia Oliver got home. More than enough time for a quick look around. And the platinum blonde's wardrobe was full of clothes. And if those clothes had been bought out of a salary as a stenographer, then brother, I was going to take up shorthand and typing. I looked around for a hiding place. Full-length drapes over the living room window seem to be as good a place as any. I arranged the drapes carefully, leaving myself a crack to see through, took a deep breath, and settled down to wait. Here we are, honey. I'll get us a drink. Uh-uh, baby. There's something I need more than liquor. Come here. Rodney, take it easy. <laughs> You're going to tell me you don't like it? No, honey, but there's no time. You can't stay here more than a minute. Palvey's coming. Palvey? One of these days I'm going to wring his neck. After the 18th, you can do it with pleasure, baby. But not before. He's too valuable. Yeah. yeah it makes me sick when I think of that slug in you. Then don't think of it. It won't be for long now. Come on. Let me give you a drink and get going. Skip the drink. I'll just have the same again. Now, you, you must get out of here, Rodney. Okay, okay. But I won't be happy till the whole thing's over. That's the day I'm living for, too, lover. Goodbye, baby. Bye. Mm. 
You could pour one for me too, Marcia. <gasps> Only this time you can skip the Mickey Finn. You're, you're dead. Uh-uh. You mean I should be dead, but I'm not. How did you get in here? Through the window. I've been behind the curtains for quite a while. Oh. Well, I don't know what you want here, but Mr. Palvey will be calling very soon. For his regular visit, huh? Which explains all that expensive clothing you own. If he finds you here, he'll turn you over to the police. I don't think so, baby. Not after that little sea trip you arranged for me. You and Polvey, I presume. I, I... I think you'd better give me a little information. If you don't, I'll tell Polvey of the pretty little scene I just witnessed between you and dear Rodney. I'm sure he'd love to hear all about it. What do you want? For a start, the 18th. That's a date everyone seems to be interested in. What happens then? I don't know. Now, baby, don't start with the fairy stories. Polvey says he's pulling off a big deal then. There'll be a stack of money in it and I'll get some... That's all I know. Well, that could be true, I guess. And why did you slip me that dope martini? I was scared when you said you followed me home. I thought Polvey's wife might have put you onto me. I wanted to keep you here until I could get in touch with Polvey and ask him what to do. And he suggested the sea trip? Yes. I don't think I believe you, but I can wait. When Polvey comes tonight, find out something definite about the 18th. I'll call back around midnight. You'd better know then, or I'll blow the whole works to pal Polvey. So it's up to you, baby. Hey!